Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Hey, everybody. And we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverage. What you drinking this week, man? This week, I am drinking the caffeinated delight of Pepsi. The choice of a <laughs> new generation. delight? <laughs> you sound like a commercial. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't have anything with caffeine in it, but I have the next best thing. Um, so this week, let me I guess, is it am- something with hops? Oh, dude, this one's a killer. Yeah, this one is it's it's brutal. All right, so this week I'm drinking uh, Triple Exaltation from Eel River Brewing Company. It's actually fairly local to me, and it's uh, 9.7 alcohol. It's, they just call it an old ale, and it, it's got a punch. I'm down with it. It's very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying that in my usual, in my Darth Vader mug. <laughs> of course. I pour it in a Darth Vader mug. Uh, so, before we get going, I want to talk uh, real quick. I really appreciate all the beer selections on Twitter. Uh, Chinook, uh, he lives in San Diego. Um, <laughs> he recommended the Rough Draft Brews Hop Therapy, which I can't wait to try. And Jason Connell suggested Deviant Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, so thank you guys. I really appreciate that. The only issue is I live in a very small town. So what I'm going to do is in a couple weeks, uh, I'm going to head over the hill. That's what we say when we leave the coast. Uh, we're going to head over the hill and uh, I'm going to hit Bevmo and see if I can find those. And then uh, they will be on a show or two from now. So keep them coming. I I'm keeping track and I appreciate it. So, uh, so there we go. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, all right, so before we get started, if you have comments or questions or want to read the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Google Plus and Facebook, facebook.com slash theusualpodcast, pinterest.com slash usualpodcast, and of course, we're on SWOTOR Network. Uh, you can also reach me at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will can be found at I am Will Griggs. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Take the time to leave us a positive rating. And like us and share us on all the other social medias. As always, we have our timestamps in the show notes for our non-SWOTOR fans. We start the show with Star Wars The Old Republic. So if you would like, jump around. We have it in the show notes. Uh, jump over to the Star Wars section or jump over to the pop culture section. Or just stay with us for the whole ride. It's going to be a good show this week. Uh, and, of course, we have our sponsor, Audible. So if you want to go to audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast, you can get a 30-day free trial complete with a credit for a free audiobook and boy do i have some suggestions this week i started two new audiobooks man I'm of course excited. you did because you know you've yeah. got a little bit of a problem i have that's one problem i have yeah no i listen to a lot of stuff so i started heir to the jedi as i said last week oh my gosh you got it right the first time right i didn't say heir to the empire you did not oh, that's pretty good. i'm so proud of you yeah go me dude i'm excited so, uh, yeah, so Air to the Jedi, it's really good so far. I'm like uh, two and a half, three hours in. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I had to kind of get used to the first-person perspective from Luke. But like I said, Mark Thompson does a great Luke. So it's like Luke's telling me a story, and I'm okay with that. Cool. Uh, the other one I started, uh, my all-time favorite author, you wouldn't know it from this podcast, but I'm more of a 
fantasy fan than a uh, sci-fi fan. And R.A. Salvatore is my all-time favorite fantasy author. And his latest book uh, in the Companions Codex series called Vengeance of the Iron Dwarf. It's book three. just came out on Audible. So I have started that as well. He's the... uh... He's the guy that did the Sword of Shannara series, right? No. Who's that? Someone else. Did he do Wheel of Time? Nope, that was Robert Jordan. No, R.A. Salvatore was the one. R.A. Salvatore was the one that killed Chewbacca in his one and only Star Wars novel. Oh, that's right. I don't want to remember. In the, okay. in the EU novel. Oh wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, his most well-known books uh, focus around a dark elf uh, named Driss Duerden, and he basically, you know, turns his back on his super evil heritage and becomes a ranger and has tons of adventures with awesome characters, and it's by far my favorite, my favorite. So if you want to get into some fantasy and you like Audible, use our link, and uh, Victor, Victor Bavine narrates it. Uh, it's very, very good. Lots of action, lots of fun. Um, he's a martial artist too, so the fight scenes, if you're into fantasy fight scenes, are, are amazing. Cool. Pretty good. And of course, if you're a Sword Tour fan, we recommend Deceived Revan, and I'll even throw Annihilation in there, because that focuses on uh, Theron Sean, which is pretty relevant to our current timeline in the story. So if you haven't checked those out, definitely do so. Of course, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. And it's on our website and such as well. So, all right. Oh, we have a donut ba- donate button. We have a donut button. We have a donut button on our website. If you just want to give us money, it's not a donut button. Mm, it's a donate button. But hey, instead of buying a donut, mm, see, see where I'm going with chips. this. Ah, I see no, where you're going. No. Yeah, yeah. So if instead of buying a donut, you can give us that dollar. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, any little bit helps. We're going to do the show no matter what. So thank you for all you do. All right. Swotor time? Swotor time. All right. So let's just start with our weekend game. So, Will, what the heck have you been up to in Star Wars The Old Republic? Um, I did a lot of, you know, as I mentioned last week, I started doing more dailies and weeklies. And so I focused on that this week. I'm trying to build up my, my cred my i'm street trying to build cred? my street cred no my <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to build up my credits but uh today was a banner day because i uh dinged 60 with my smuggler so that's cool that's my Congrats. fourth 60 so that's good about 20 minutes before we started recording i uh, hit legend rep on uh people of Rishi. nice dude i'm yeah. almost there i'm not quite there yet yeah, so that, I uh, I believe I hit Legend with uh, ZZ198 this week as well. So I've now hit Max on five reps. So pretty darn good. Look at you. You're doing stuff. I am. <laughs> but of course, school starts tomorrow morning, so, you know, it won't be as much. <laughs> well, you'll be doing more. Just not in Sotor. Right. <laughs> and we'll get to some of that later. Spoilers. Yeah, we definitely will, for sure. Uh, we did some stuff. What, or am I going to talk about that? No, oh, you can talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you do anything else besides that? No, not really. I, uh, you know, I did the, we, you know, you and I did together. We did a black hole with a couple of different tunes and yeah. And we started doing forged alliances. So why don't you yeah. talk about that? Yeah. Well, so, you know, black hole has become kind of my go-to daily area. It's, it's quick. You can get the weekly done either solo and, and you know, the two of us, we can knock it out pretty quickly. Um, so I did that on some of my 60 tunes before, which we'll get into the news, but I might as well spoil it here. Double XP was uh, running this weekend. Yes, it was. So when that popped up, 
I started doing, uh, I went to my power tech who was 57 or well, 56, um, started doing dailies and forge alliances, got her up to 57. Um, and <laughs> you, I had three tunes at 60 or rep, uh, uh, pub tunes at 60. And you're like, don't you have another one? I was like, I do. And I hadn't played that trooper <laughs> since the, since 12 times XP. Okay. Seriously. We, we log, we log in together and we join up <laughs> to form a group and, we head to, to black or to uh, to fleet so we can start doing the Forge Alliance storyline, and all of a sudden it's like forty five minutes of Marshall complaining about his UI and his <laughs> and oh I don't know this uh, I haven't picked my uh, discipline tree and oh what's uh. this where the hell did my uh, my power surge go or whatever <laughs> it was and I had like level thirty armor like a level thirty belt like so basically like that tune was the one i power leveled through uh 12 times xp so it didn't have any gear uh it it i hadn't picked its discipline anything i basically just got it to 55 and left him um the poor guy so anyway i worked on him for a bit uh you know the the funny thing is is as repetitive as the early uh forge alliance story is uh with it really is kind of important to do if you've come across a tune like i did because you then you get, get gear, gear. Yeah, yeah. it only took, what, an hour at the most, and we busted out those first few flashpoints, and I have gear. So now I feel like I'm, I'm a, real, a real tune. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I like about hitting 60, is, though, though, is uh, you, get, you, know, you get to get the basic gear then, which is you know, a little bit better than the, the Raiders Cove gear. So, right. um, so as soon as I hit 60, I just you know, quick traveled to the, uh, to the fleet and got my basic 60 gear and I always try to save up all my basic comps so that are just at about a thousand so you get by almost the entire gear set i got everything but the uh implants in the the ear piece so right and that and that was the other funny thing about these tunes i i leveled up so quickly and just did the story like i think that tune was like level 26 or something when 12 times xp uh started so i blazed through that story and that's all i did i had like what 70 or 80 basic comms yeah if that <laughs> yeah all my other tunes are like you know close to a thousand which is kind of funny so anyway um but that's what i did this week um i might do a little more double xp when we're done here uh but that's going to be over here pretty quick so yep. all right so should we get to the news yes let's get to the news all right so the first thing in the news uh there was uh not not a whole heck of a lot of news but a couple things that were really interesting. So the Kurtob Alliance Speeder, there was a thread. Um, the community basically coming out, if you remember right, if you remember in 3.2, they're changing um, a bunch of the mounts that were not adaptive, basically meaning if you had level 2, it wouldn't matter if it was a level 1 speeder, it wouldn't go any faster. Right. Uh, so they're changing a bunch. They're Pretty much it looks like all of the mounts in the game they were changing. Uh, the community basically came out and said, please do not change the Kurtob Alliance Speeder. Uh, basically because that was the one given um, for the refer a friend link uh-huh. and it was base 110 so that was kind of the perk and so if they were to go forward with with this change then if you didn't have level three speeder and it also made it and and it was maximum uh you know being able to be knocked off too so right so it would nerf it for those who aren't maxed Exactly. So, uh, and they came back. Uh, basically, Tate came back and said they are indeed not going to change it. So that's a that's yeah. Good. You know, the the interesting thing though is, uh, you know, I was listening to to uh, Chuck and Brian on Bad Feeling this week, and they were you know, they spent quite a bit of time on the mounts. 
And uh, but one thing they pointed out is, you know, the role playing community is not huge in this game. But for those that are, you know, the ones that are junker mounts, they want those mm-hmm. to go slow. They want right. to have the sound effects of it chugging along like it's an old tractor or something. So yeah, there is that one mount. It was from the um, from the event, the uh, Grand Acquisitions race, I believe. That was the junker mount. Yeah, that you got. Yeah, I'm with you. Go ahead. Sorry. No, so I'm just saying, you know, they're going to want that to go slow. They want to hear the the whine of the engines as you're trying to go up a sand dune or whatever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, for you're kind of alienating a very small percentage of people that that really are in depth in their role playing, but right. You know, you're you're pleasing much a larger quantity of people, but it's still something to consider. Yeah, I'm with you, and you know, I like that they came out pretty quick and and said, "Oh, you know what? You're right. That's something we can look at." But you know, there is a always a section of the community that's just not going to get what they want, which is sad. You know, um, it would be nice if there was a an option, but that seems like a lot of coding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. We'll see what happens. 3.2 is uh, a little ways off still, so hope there will be other changes for sure. Um, all right, so we have a new community team member, and we knew this was coming. Uh, we talked about it a few shows back. They put an ad mm-hmm. out. Well, not an ad out, but they put a post up on the on the career page to uh, look for a new community member. And that Hashtag person, Marshall's dream job. Yeah, well, <laughs> I talked about it, and they didn't call me. And, you know, I'm not I'm not mad at them. I'm just, you know, a little disappointed, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it turns out uh, Nick Avola, uh, Avola, Avola, I keep wanting to say Avola because where I grew up, there was a lot of people with the last name Avola. But anyway, Nick Avola, uh, he is the newest member of the community team. So welcome, sir. Yay. Woo. Welcome, Nick. So he's, uh, he says, my name is Nick Avola, and I have the daunting yet exciting task of playing third fiddle on a team directly involved in all areas of our games, from player feedback to design considerations to promotions to communications, you name it. So he says, much of his time will be spent scouring the forums, blogosphere, and social media platforms to track community sentiment on a day-to-day basis. He'll be consolidating your comments and concerns into detailed reports, which may be decimated regularly amongst the community development, leadership, and other key teams here at BioWare Austin. So... You know, it, it's a lot of people have been saying in the community that, you know, the community team stretched a little thin. I'm really hope Nick will kind of alleviate that and we'll see more response from the community team going forward. And I'm excited. I love meeting the community members. I'm, I'm hoping he's at the next couple cantinas, maybe. Um, cool. Like I said, it was fun to meet Tate the last at the last one I went to. So hopefully they all show up. So, yeah, it's, it's always uh, interesting to uh, to meet the new people. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, it, it's actually kind of interesting. He had this, he had a background as a, he graduated from Wake Forest University. Intelligence uh, analyst. Yeah, that was it. Intelligence analyst, uh, in the Middle East and North Africa, which is just crazy. I just, who has those jobs? I mean, I guess somebody does, but yeah. Any, anyway, so uh, I think he'll make a good addition to the team and I can't wait to see what he does. So, um, once again, welcome dude. Yeah. On the downside, he is a Red Sox fan. So, mm, you know, you're, you're going to hold that against him. Of course. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. I bleed. I bleed Dodger blue. Oh wow! So I'm not going to comment on baseball because I don't care. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, you're sorry. so full of it because your Warriors are actually good this year. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I watch more golf than anything. I don't even watch that much anymore because we're too busy podcasting. Yes, we're doing other things. We're really doing it. All right, let's move on. So <laughs> one of the other things that came up on um, that Tate responded to was the outfit designer. 
Um, a lot of people have been giving their feedback on this, and I think that this was one of the ones that I felt was actually really important that they look at, and I'm hoping this makes the change. There were some that are definitely not going to make the change, so I'm just going to kind of uh, kind of go through this here. The one thing he's saying is that we think having the – well, so Tate comes back. Basically, the thread is you know, make it so the alpha designer ignores weight restrictions. So, for example, if you are a – like my main is an assassin, right? Um, if I want to look – if I want – you know, one of my 16 layers of armor, if I just want to look like a trooper with heavy armor, I can't because of the weight restrictions. But right. if you're heavy armor, you can look any freaking way you want because you can wear light, medium – and heavy armor. So, uh, so Tate responds and he basically says, we think ha- having the outfit designer ignore armor weight restrictions is a great idea. We're actively exploring changing this now. And I'll let you know as soon as, uh, I know anything else. Um, and so he goes on to kind of say, and I think this is the thing. Another thing the community was really adamant about is that weapons and companions be included in the outfit designer. So he kind of goes on. He says, I've also seen the mention of weapons and companions being included in the outfit designer, even though it may not seem like it. Adding an outfit designer tab for companions would effectively be creating a new system. Due to this, we won't be implementing one for 3.2, but we'll look into the option for a future release. Similarly, adding the uh, ability to stamp weapons would require a lot of changes to the back end of the system um, that is currently in place. So it is unfortunately not feasible for game update 3.2 release. So what are your thoughts on this, dude? Um, I This is something we talked about the other day. Yeah, I'm totally fine with, with not being able to do the, the companions and the, the weapons. And the, the weight thing, I'm, you know, I'm just wondering, uh, I'm not a coder in the slightest. I mean, really? What? Seriously, yeah. right? I, I had trouble setting up a GeoCities website back wait, in the wait, day. Wait, you're not an intelligence analyst? I'm what? not an intelligence analyst. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> I, so, um, no, it's... Uh, so, I, I don't know... I, I'm just curious if the reason why they're not going to be able to do the, uh, the, the weight restrictions right off the bat is because is it hard to do it just for that but not make it unlock for the entire game, meaning, you know, light being able yeah. to wear heavy everywhere and not, you know what I mean? I do. And I think, and I, I think if any of these, uh, if any of these things are possible, it's the weight restrictions one, but you're right. Bioware is sort of, not, I mean, I don't want to hate saying notorious, but they're known. So anything with coding, you know, when you, when you change something, it sometimes breaks something else. So I can see exactly what you just said happening. My assassin is now able to put heavy armor on in the, you know, in the, in the alpha designer. But what happens if, you know, will it also allow me to put it in my base one too? Exactly. You know, will they have, will they be able to make that distinction before 3.2? It's hard to say. I, I really hope they can because it would be really cool to have just like, you know, a really cool heavy armor set on some of my light or medium uh, armor tunes just for fun. I mean, it is just a look. You know what I mean? One of, one of the things I heard on a podcast, I can't remember what it was, but apparently, I think it might have been a teeny cast. They, they were on the test server testing it, and they said, uh, you can actually do it in combat. You can change your outfit in combat, at least on the PTS. That's So funny. they were kind of laughing at the fact, like, if you're in uh, a war zone, like, you know, constantly changing your your outfit as you're fighting, I think that'd be pretty funny. Um, yeah, throw, so I, I throw don't know. people off so they're not looking at you for their. If that's funny. 
Yeah. So or have anyway, it be man. an interesting game of tag and in hub ball where if you get the ball <laughs> stolen, you've got to switch down to a slave Leia outfit or. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think it's a fun thing. I mean, I again, it's just cosmetic. Uh, it might be they may disable it in war zones. Who knows? But I mean, it, it'd still be pretty fun. And and you know, it's you know, it's certain phase in in a operation or something like that. Everybody changing their slave lay outfits would be pretty funny. So um. <laughs> everybody's all of a sudden in formal gear. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'd be cool. Anyway, um, you know, actually, you know, if if they they finally get on board with that hub all tournament. Then mm-hmm. you could actually like have a team of Tuscan Raiders. You could have a team of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be badass. Yeah, you would have your I'm uniforms. In. That would I'm be kind of cool. <laughs> All right. So one more thing on this on the same line. Of course, the other thing that people want is they want to be able to switch to their PvP set. So essentially, having being able to like click a button that says take the stats for this outfit. Right. You know what I mean. Um, and so the thing they basically said, you know, going on, no, they're not going to change it. It's not something we are against by any means, but similar to the companion outfit tab, it will require designing and creating an entirely new system. So it's not going to be in 3.2 or the immediate future. Here's the issue with this. People, <laughs> you've been to community cantinas, right? Mm-hmm. This is literally the first thing people ask at almost every cantina, at least within the first question or two. When are we going to be able to, uh, you know, swap PvP, PvE sets. Um, um, but anyway, it's something that they have been asking for. Right, to be able to, like, one-click it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, go from my PvE set, okay, now I'm in a war zone. Click over to my PvP set, and I don't have to have all that gear on me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know, take it off, put it back on, and all that. So, I, right. I don't know. It doesn't sound like they're even kind of working on it, which is going to make some people sad. But, again, there's always some people that are sad. Right. Yep. I'm not sad. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. I got Gee. triple exaltation, dude. I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So the last thing in the news, uh, and we have already mentioned this, but uh, double XP weekend. He just kind of sprung it on us. I thought this was pretty cool. Actually, I want to. Yeah, he threw it on us at like on Wednesday or something, and it was just like it was. What was what date was it? When was the 26th? Was that Thursday or Friday? Uh, that was Thursday. Yeah, so Thursday he goes, Tate comes on, he goes, you know, I think I had something here about a double XP weekend. And then he does one of those, Tate dumps his bag on the floor amongst various knickknacks, patch-related paraphernalia, and a worn newspaper front page stating that the Rakul Plague has been completely eradicated once again. He finds a <laughs> shimmering gold medallion. Aha, here it is. We're starting a double XP weekend tomorrow. Surprise. And then that was pretty much it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so if you're, you, by the time you hear this, it's going to be over. But I, I I like the sneak attack double XP weekend. What'd you think? I I really liked it. It was fun. Cool. The one thing I wanted to say, and you know, there's been some data mining out there um, happening in in the on the PTS and stuff. There's something in there about twelve times XP coming back in some capacity, whether it be legacy or something like that. And I can't, and I can't remember where I saw it, but we've talked about this a bunch. I think it should be a legacy fifty perk. Um, turn it on, turn it off kind of thing. Um, by then you've gone through enough stories or spent enough time on the one tune to, to deserve to be able to power level some tunes whenever you want. I don't see what the big deal would be. So, um, I hope that's going to be a thing. I don't know if it's going to be in 3.2, but I'm hoping that hoping it does come in some way, shape or form. So, um, I know we've talked about it before. I just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, don't forget. We want to talk about the master shadow pack. 
All right, so as co- sort of a quasi-discussion section, I guess, um, I was really intrigued by the Master Shadow Pack, so I thought um, there was a new pack that came on the cartel market. Um, it was released on the 24th this week. Well, I guess when you listen to this last week. Uh, but uh, but I just thought uh, Will and I would go through some of it, talk about what we like, talk about what we don't like. Um, I think I think there's some pretty cool stuff in here. So yeah, so absolutely. Um, so what stood out to you, man? The uh, I like the first one, the the B100 cybernetic armor set. Um, it just it kind of reminds me of uh, kind of a cross between RoboCop and Starship <laughs> Troopers for some reason. Yeah, it does the helmets are kind of Starship Trooper like, aren't they? Yeah, and the the revealing armor. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean that armor doesn't look too. Uh, able to protect you if you get shivved, but you know, <laughs> but, but you're a cyborg. Exactly. You look like a cyborg. So you're good. You, you do. don't even have hands. The one thing I, f- I found the most interesting was the ceremonial guard armor set. Yeah. Especially with it being green and yellow. It just totally reminds me of Heimdall. What is that again? The, I don't even know what that is. He's the, uh, the, the, uh, watcher in Thor in Asgard. Oh yeah. That's played right. by Idris Elba in the movie. Totally, yeah. The helmet's totally wrong, but the honestly, if you were to take the helmet off of the uh, almost off the B one hundred cybernetic and put it on the ceremonial ceremonial guard armor, yeah, you'd be pretty much with uh, Heimdall. So that's pretty. Hey, you cool. know, and if you had an outfit outfit designer, you, there you go. You right? could, yeah, you could fight as uh, <laughs> as Heimdall. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I I dig that, and and just so people know, we're actually looking at the preview on Dolphy. We'll have the link in the show notes, yeah. but we're just kind of going to go through it a little bit. I like the uh, I like the Fearless Hunters armor set. I like the coloring. I like the angles of it, but I just can't get on board with the helmet. It just looks weird. Uh, I kind of like the helmet. It almost I like looks... helmets though. Do you do you typically have helmets on your tunes? Yeah, I always try to I I try to keep I, I don't hide the helmet slot at all. Hmm. I just I like... rarely do either, but. And it's sad because that means people can't see my awesome dreads. <laughs> well, anybody who plays with Marshall, you know, 90% of his characters have dreads, red and uh, red eyes, and they're chiss. <laughs> well, by default, they have red eyes because they're badass chiss, but they have pink dreadlocks, which is important. Oh, very important. Don't ask why. Okay, so uh, well, you said something cool in the pre-show about the ExoGuard armor set. I'm going to let you take that one. Yeah, well, I mean, looking, yeah, looking at it, you, the first thought you think is Iron Man. Yeah, for sure. Right, because you have the, uh, the chest pieces. The, the chest piece yeah. looks Iron Man, right? But it almost looks like the bird species from Rishi <laughs> in the helmet. So it's like Iron Rishi, Iron Birdman, <laughs> Iron Birdman. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so I dig the Revenite Avenger set though quite a lot. I I have the Reven mask on a lot of my a lot of my tunes, and that 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 looks pretty sick. I don't like capes very much. But I kind of dig the chest piece and the boots. I think that's cool. The chest piece is cool. I actually dig the helmet on this one, though. Oh, the helmet, too. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. The helmet's cool. Um, um, the Tranquil Mystic set is so not my style. I don't like that at all. Like, not no. even a little bit. It actually looks like... Hold on. Let's look at the helmet. The helmet actually looks like... Are they, like, built-in earrings or something? It looks I so don't weird. Know. Yeah, and they're just, glowy bits. It's like one of the glowy ones too. So. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I just don't really like anything about that one. Yeah. Well, those are the armor sets. There's some pretty cool uh, weapons weapons in here though. Uh, what stood out to you that you dig? I don't really like the blasters and stuff too much, but no, I dig the assault cannon. Yeah. Just because I love the rotating turret on it. Yeah, that's sick. 
and I love the uh, the the sabers are cool, but I like the the dual saber more because I love the uh, um, the rotating uh, hilts. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's a bit of a trend with going forward with the new with the new packs and the new stuff. Uh, there's a lot of moving bits and stuff, which is pretty cool. I like that too. Yeah. And since it's a GIF in here, you can't really tell. Mm. But I, I'd like it if the the rotating hilts spun in opposite directions. Yeah, that would be cool. It doesn't look like they do, or do they? You just can't tell. Yeah. Um, All right. So I think the coolest thing in here is this freaking jetpack, right? Yeah, the jetpack is cool. Um, I really like that, especially since you know they really kind of brought it, brought it in with the um, the torch. Yeah, and this and this goes back to what I was saying before about how it would be cool if, as a legacy fifty perk, to have a way to always be on your rocket boots. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially that. Yeah, and you'll be able to start doing it at level 10. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, and this is cool. I, I, I dig this. It's basically you'll be hovering if you're standing still. Um, this is perfect for bounty hunters. I think this is sick. So that mount is going to be super expensive on the GTN, I'm sure. Oh, I'm um, sure. And it'd be nice to get lucky and get one of those in a pack. I haven't bought any of these packs yet. I'm going to. I might just see how much they are on the GTN, but I'm kind of broke credit-wise. And that's why I've been doing so many damn dailies. Um, all right. So what else in here? It's got some cool mounts. Uh, the mounts are cool. I like the, uh, um, uh, Veranticus. I, I like the Veranticus, <laughs> but I like the Gale cutter. Oh, which one? It almost that? like the Gale cutter mount. It's the bottom. Oh, mount. Yeah. It, it almost looks like it's a, a bird. Yeah. That's sweet. I like that. I like where actually you're sitting in that one. Yeah. Yeah, so I like yeah. that. It almost um, looks I like l- a kind of like the thing we were talking about last week with the uh, the ship. It looks like like a smaller version of a boat. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. It uh, and then I like the uh, the Arctic th- uh, Thranta uh, pet. Yeah, for sure. I think that's sick. Um, I like the Kimlers. I like the helmet thing on it. I think that looks cool. Yeah, it's like it's a uh, you know you don't see his eyes for sure. Oh, yeah, those mini pets are cool. I didn't see the Thranta before. Yeah, I've never seen a Thranta mini pet. I, but again, I, I don't really look through these for yeah. the most part because I haven't ever really been able to buy packs because I was, you know, tra- moving my characters over on from servers for months. So, mm. no, I, cool. I, think there, I think there are some Thrandas in the game, but that one's pretty cool. I'm not sure, though. Don't quote me on that. Um, all right, there's some cool emotes. Angry Dance. Did you look at this one? I didn't look at the Angry Dance, but I do like the Worthy one. I wanted to check out the word, the, the angry dance one. Somebody was talking about this. I thought that'd be cool. Oh, this is worthy. Oh yeah, the worthy one is sweet. I'm not Where, worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and and emotes are typically fairly cheap too. Yeah. Um, on the thing, angry dance is cool. Okay, I'm gonna get that. I'm it's like he's like they're I'm, in a uh, mosh pit. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay, that's cool. Um, Soa region, that's cool. Yeah, some new dreads for Scourge, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it just, it looks terrible. I'm sorry, it makes him look like a p- Yeah, it looks <laughs> terrible. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> sorry about that, youngsters. <laughs> uh, this is a clean show. Thank you. All right, sorry. anyway, I, I don't care. So moving on. So pink, yellow, uh, color crystal. I don't know why I kind of like it. Well, because you're... Uh... Mm-hmm. 
I won't. I won't finish that. Yeah, let's leave. <laughs> let's leave that one out there. So we got some dye well, modules. Let, let me <laughs> let me just ask you what's this way. Hey, Marshall, what's your favorite color? <laughs> okay, that's enough. Purple. <laughs> purple is my favorite color. So the dye module is cool. I love the black and deep purple is sick. Uh, yeah. the other, there was a purple and black one on there for a while, um, but that was most of the outfit was purple. And then, so I like the reverse of this. So I think this is cool. I'm going to get this for sure. Um, and there's a bunch of decorations. If you're into decorations, I don't know if we want to run through any of those, but, um, but obviously on Dolphy, you can find a link to tour decorating and, and check all those out. Um, I haven't done much decorating lately. How much decorating do you do in these days? None? Any? You know, I spent a couple hours kind of working in my stronghold the other day and I was trying to figure out cause I, I, I like systems, right? Mm. And so I was thinking I would really like to try to put all of my companions up on the little pedestals in the stairways on uh, the Narshada stronghold. Oh yeah, and you were it doesn't about that. Yeah, and it doesn't fit everybody. No, it doesn't. So it, I mean, it looks cool with them all there because you're like running down. It's like you're running through your your army, and it's just it's not they don't all yeah. fit. And so I've got to think of something else. Yeah, <laughs> think of something else because that's not going to change. Um, all right, so I guess we're done with Sotor, man. That wasn't bad. Yeah, no, not at all. All right, so um, as always, uh, if you got this far, we do have our refer a friend links on the sh- in the show notes and on our website on our about page. If you want to check out Sotor, or if you are not subbed or thinking of subbing or whatever, and we're gonna move on to uh, the Star Wars section. I'm pumped this week for this. Woohoo! Woo. All right. I don't so know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know either. Welcome to the Star Wars section of the show. So uh, I thought it'd be cool as far as episode seven news, because there isn't any, um, to kind of go back. And I don't know if we really talked about in detail um, what Aftermath was going to be. Um, did we? Because we could skip this if we did. But I don't yeah, think we, we talked did. about it. Well, we talked about it a little bit. Because we, we talk- came up when we were talking about the journey to the... Force Awakens. Right. So what I did was I kind of dug around, and, and the reason I got to, I'll get to why I, I'm I kind of I'm going back to this in a minute. But um, Aftermath again um, is one of the books that's coming out. That uh, well, I'm just going to read this. This is from the Star Wars StarWars.com. It says the second Death Star has been destroyed. Rumors are flying that the Emperor and its enforce and his enforcer Darth Vader are dead. A new government is forming to replace the Empire. But the galaxy is a big place, and the fallout of this cataclysm will affect different worlds in different ways. Does everyone accept the fall of imperial rule? Has everyone even heard of the life-altering news? What rushes in to fill the vacuum the Empire has left, and who will try to stop them? Those are some of the themes we'll be exploring in Aftermath. And as a long, lifelong Star Wars fan, just writing those words gives me chills, as the person says this. Um, so this is basically the first canon glimpse, as they say, into the state of the galaxy after the Battle of Endor. What I thought was really interesting about this is, yes, we did talk about this the other week. I read the comments on this page, and I thought this would also lead into something else I want to talk about, but we'll get to that in a minute. The comments on this page, I mean, there are hundreds of them. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. And, of course, it ranges from, you know, uh, this is great, yay, to we already know what happens, why'd you kill the EU, et cetera, et cetera. So... I just wanted to kind of throw it at you, and maybe we'll talk for just a minute about this, but do you, is Disney forgetting the EU completely in in doing this? Because essentially we do have a lot of books that take place after the Battle of Endor. Um, we do. I mean, obviously this is where Thrawn and Mara Jade come into play. Exactly. Um, 
which are two very popular characters in Star Wars fan base. And especially in the two questions in the middle where it's, does everyone accept the fall of Imperial rule and has everyone even heard the life-altering news? Right. That really basically sets up the heir to the Empire series. So, exactly. You know, so that's what you're looking at. But I, I don't think, I, I don't want to say Disney's forgetting the EU. Disney is reserving the right to forget the EU. Mm-hmm. But they're always going to reserve the right to be able to pull from those stories because they still own them. True. Yeah. But they don't want to. But they don't want to be handcuffed to every single thing in the EU because some of it's not good. Well, some of it's not good, and some of it is like it, it's, phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. But by so what saying, do you do with it? Well, by delineating it to what they have, which is the canon and the legends, they are saying this is what we're accepting for now. This is what we are going to forget about for now and possibly consider in the future. Right. And I guess what I'm getting at with this question is that do these people that are basically saying that Disney is forgetting the EU and I refuse to, you know, take part in this and Disney's ruining everything. Um, I, I mean, are they just do they have a they have a point? Of course, they have a valid point. But the thing is, it's all on a personal level, so they can True. choose not to read the books. But. You know, for you got to remember, Disney is all about trying to reach the the largest and broadest audience. Yeah, and even though Star Wars does have one of the largest and broadest audience in popular culture, not everyone read the EU, and even if everybody that read the EU, not everybody read Air of the Empire, not everybody who read Air of the Empire liked it. So you know, mm-hmm. you can't tailor to the minute percentage. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I just I feel bad for some of these guys because I know Star Wars is one of those things that everybody's got a, a, a seriously they've got opinions. Everybody has opinions on Star oh, Wars absolutely. and theories and everything. And I think nobody everybody's opinion is of course valid, but at the same time, it's been especially with the the whole internet thing. It's really getting pretty heated in some communities. I mean, but again, which is why there's so many Star Wars podcasts and why there are so many um, people creating you know fan art and stuff like that i mean everybody's no, able I, to express i completely themselves. agree and i you know i'm a huge fan of thrawn and and you know i'm one of those people that would love to see benedict cumberbatch on the screen playing him but that has to happen the thing exactly but the thing is is also by doing this they're going to reserve the right to not kill off chewbacca yeah you know or maybe not have jason fall to the dark side or right. or not have jason know, at all <laughs> or not have jason at all or not right. to have the what nine different clones of the emperor right you know what right. i mean there's they they are reserving the right to pick and choose what they want, and I'm I'm really interested to see where they go with aftermath. I I'm I really do hope that we get some of these stories. I think that some of the more solid, like you said, not the terrible ones, but the more solid, solidly written um, EU material kind of makes its way back. You know, like Bane, like Bane did in the Clone Wars, you know? Exactly. I think if they are going to pick and choose from the EU, they're going to pick the broad conceptual stuff, like the idea of a Jedi Academy that Luke restarts. Right. You Rule know what I mean? Two, that kind of thing, yeah. Right. Stuff like that where you, you know, you know, if he starts the Jedi Academy, you don't have to go with the exact people that he chose or, you yep. know, and how it goes. But, you know, you can have that concept. Whereas, like, the story of Thrawn is pretty set. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it is. It is. You, and if you and choose it to entails do, certain characters. You, <laughs> exactly. If you do do the Thrawn story, you have to do the Thrawn story, or else you're just going to not please anybody. 
I mean, do you, and we we've kind of alluded to this, but I mean, if they just took that character and put him in a different setting, do you think that would be a happy medium with Thrawn? As an example, if they if they were going to do that, then they absolutely have to make sure it doesn't conflict. You almost have to treat the EU story of Thrawn as canon in that respect, and that you can't conflict with it. You can put him in a different time frame, so it's before or after. Yeah. But if you take it and you purposely take that character and put him in a different story at the same time so they conflict on purpose, then you're just going to be alienating the same people you're trying to please. Yeah, and that's going to be frustrating for people. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, putting him in a different time period I think would be cool um, because he does have a finite amount of time. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where they go. Well, you got to remember in the story, you know, during the actual rebellion and stuff, he's actually outside the galaxy, right? He is. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's to, I mean, if they are going to introduce the Thrawn story, go at that point. Mm-hmm. Start there. Not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, man. And then this kind of moves into the other thing I want to talk about in this section this week is Assembly of Geeks, one of my favorite uh, geek-centric podcasts. Um, they had a, a, a last week's episode was called Movies That Ruin Childhood, Childhoods. Um, and essentially they kind of were talking about it in the realm of like, people were coming out and saying Ghostbusters, you know, now that they're doing the all female cast and the all and the new reboot of the male cast, it's ruined my childhood, you know, and that kind of thing. I mean, but this is very similar to what people were saying about, you know, the prequel trilogy, you know what I mean? With, with star Wars. So this is why I kind of brought it up in this section. The only reason I, I kind of wanted to talk about it was essentially that, um, I think it's very interesting that, people are making this statement. I mean, definitely listen to the podcast. They go into it for, for quite a while and, and they, and they make the argument and they, they really just talk about, is it possible? Do these people have a point? Can you actually say movie ruin your childhood? You know what I mean? So not, I know, I don't think you've listened to the podcast. I have, what do you think about that statement? Uh, disclaimer. No, I have not listened to the podcast, but would you like my, uh, my succinct answer? Um, by all means. No, these people are stupid. <laughs> okay, don't take well that said, the wrong sir. way, people. Well no, everybody is more than happy to have your own opinions, right? Mm-hmm. But this He's is coming from someone... Level. Yeah, I am joking. I'm being very facetious, right? Yes. Everybody has their favorite stories and their favorite things from their when they were a kid, right? Like, for example, I will admit, I was never a huge fantasy person growing up, right? So I never read... And I can honestly say to this day, I still have never read the Lord of the Rings series or read The Hobbit. Yes, (laughs) go ahead and get mad at me. But as a kid, I read the Chronicles of Prydane, right? So the Book of Three and the Black Cauldron series, right? And that was basically my Lord of the Rings. That's the stuff that pulled me into fantasy, that and Narnia. Right. But I just, you know, I I thought the Horned King was like the most badass villain, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, we all have our, our little favorites, right? But... Talking as a historian, it drives me batty when people say that this is the only way it should be and all that stuff. And people don't appreciate it and they're just ruining it and everything, yet they're doing it very ignorantly. Like, I'm going to give you an example. Um, When I returned to school a few years ago and I came to this university, there happened to be a very nice woman who wrote a opinion article for our school newspaper and it was talking about how younger kids nowadays don't value the golden age of disney 
And I'm like, okay, this is a very interesting concept. And sure. again, as a disclaimer, for those of you who don't know, I used to work for Disney. I love Disney. I've been to Disneyland multiple hundreds of times. I've, you know, actually engaged in Disney company employee trivia contests and gone to like nationals and regionals and stuff. Right. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. Right. So when she's making her point, which is a very valid point of not honoring the history of Disney, but she starts calling the golden age of Disney little mermaid, beauty and the beast Uh, lion King. And I'm like, granted, those are phenomenal movies. Right. And you know, Mankin and Ashman and Schwartz and you know, some of the great, you know, uh, songwriters of the Disney time, right? But there is a very specific time frame called the Golden Age. It'd be like saying, okay, you know, somebody really liking Marvel and saying, you can't get into the Golden Age of Marvel and, you know, worry about, you know, Wolverine meeting, you know, <laughs> you know, in Japan. And I'm like, granted, the Frank Miller Wolverine story is great. That's not in the golden age. It's right. in a very different specified age. So know what you're talking about if you're going to do that, right? And so it just, it, it drives me nuts where these people like, don't infringe on my childhood. And, and I'm right. like, no, no, it's not. It's you're taking offense to something that because of somebody else's views of their childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think it's interesting when you, especially if you're talking about something like Ghostbusters or George Lucas going back and making changes to the original Star Wars movies, like... All right, they have every right to do that. You know, they can reboot uh, Ghostbusters, right? And one of the things that I thought was really good that they were mentioning on the podcast is like, then stay with that. Don't watch the new stuff. You know, like, what's the big deal? It's like, it, you, it, you don't you have don't to have go to, see it. Yeah, you don't have to buy into it. You can ignore that completely, you know? And, if, and, and there's a lot of people, you know, who ignore that the prequels exist. Okay, cool. Ignore that the prequels exist. It's all good. You know what I mean? But... Know that going forward, especially, you know, with Marvel doing what it's doing and um, Disney doing what it's doing with Marvel and and uh, uh, and Star Wars, I mean, we're going to have reboots. We're going to have, you know, we've had many reboots already, some good, some bad. But as far as Ghostbusters go, a lot of things, what people are saying, it just comes across as sexist and stuff, which is terrible. So, I mean, you know, and, and granted, that first movie was amazing. Sorry, that first movie was amazing, right? It was great. You oh, know, fantastic, yeah. But that doesn't mean that something else with the same name can't be good. But it also doesn't ruin the first one. <laughs> well, exactly. Plus, it's not like reboots are very particular to the geek and sci-fi and fantasy genre. Mm. I mean, if you look at, you know, when you think the movie Ten Commandments, what do you think? Most people think Charlton Heston standing at the edge of the river. That was a reboot. Interesting. Literally. By the same director. That was, really? you know, yeah, that was Cecil B. DeMille. Directing Charlton Heston as Moses, doing the Ten Commandments in a one best picture. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, in Accounted for Inflation, it's like one of the top ten blockbusters of all time. Yeah. Right? Great movie. But it's a movie that he had already done back in the 20s, like 30 <laughs> years earlier. That's pretty funny. I had no and idea, actually, dude. And actually Look filmed here on the Central Coast. If you go down to the Napomo Dunes. Uh, really? the, the Yeah, the... It was too expensive for them to tear down the sets and everything, so he just buried them under the sand dunes. And oh, there's actually awesome. an excavation going on right now. Really? So, cool. yeah, and that's of the 1920s set. But he did that for King of Kings and the Ten Commandments and yeah. you know the Robe. But I mean, these are all remakes of. In the you know you think of them as quintessential movies, but then you know on the other hand, Lucas will tell you, Star Wars is a reboot. Yeah. 
of a Kurosawa idea, you know, and Kurosawa stole from Shakespeare. It's like right. everything is a reboot. Yeah, and I, I, and and I, again, the reason I'm bringing this up, man, is I, I really, I'm personally, I'm looking forward to the aftermath stuff. I'm looking forward to the comics. I'm reading the comics. I really want to know what the Disney Story Group, you know, Lucasfilm, whatever you want to call it, is going to consider canon going forward. I have a special place in my heart for you know Thrawn and stuff like that. But if they don't use Thrawn in the time frame after you know the Battle of Endor, I'm not gonna. It's not going to ruin my my life. I'm just no, not at all. Because you know? I mean, who's to say that they're not going to put something in that's just as good? Exactly. So, and we're all about story here at the usual podcast. So, anyway, if you don't listen to Assembly of Geeks, check it out. It's a great podcast. Um, those guys are really good. They're they're actors, or one of them's an actor, and they just they really do some pretty funny creative stuff. Uh, so definitely check it out. It's really cool. Um, all right, man. So the last thing. Well, we have a couple more things in this section. Uh, let's talk, uh, speaking of canon, let's talk Star Wars comics. Um, what do we want to do? Do you want to talk about Vader 3 and leave Star Wars 3 for next week and, and later Leia 2? Um, well, I remember I didn't read Vader 3. Yeah, you did. Remember that? No, I read. Oh, you read Star Wars 3. I read Star Wars 3. Okay. Let's start with that. Um, Star Wars 3 was very cool. I loved the very close impact of the you know the rebel squad versus vader and vader taking down the atat was phenomenally cool yeah, that was really cool <laughs> um yeah so that was really cool and so i really enjoyed that story it, there was a but, lot of action in that one which i did which i dug um which is kind of the opposite when we get to vader 3 which i'll talk about in a couple minutes but i don't want to give too many spoilers away in this section for the most part but uh, mostly because i don't want people to have to skip parts of the podcast but I really like the the action. I like the the kind of the banter between, um, not the banter, but basically the relationship kind of budding between Leia and Han. Um, oh no, that's definitely banter, and there's yeah. uh, it also Chewbacca is involved in that. It was very similar yeah. to what you get in Empire. Yeah, when they're which is cool when they're locked up in you know not locked up, but when they're in the in the cockpit of the Falcon, and it's just it's really cool. I guess I was thinking not banter, only in that at some point. Leia is essentially carrying Han through the battlefield. So that was what I was thinking of. But yeah, you're right. I, I love the dialogue. I really am. I'm, I'm into this series. I like this one, I think, better than any of the other ones so far. Um, you know, we talked about Leia 1 last week. We'll talk about Leia 2 this week. For some reason, I never got my copy of Leia 2. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, yeah, one thing, in, actually, you bringing up the, the, the bit in the Star Wars 3 where Leia is, is carrying Han. I think is really going to fold over to what I think we're going to talk about a lot next week, which is the uh, the appearance of feminism in the mm-hmm. these new runs and how they're very they're all very apparent yet not hitting you over the face. Leia does a little bit, the Leia series does a little bit, but uh, I mean we'll talk about it you know shortly. But the Big Thunder series that just started yeah. this week. Which is not Star Wars; it's Disney, and it's part of their Disney uh, Disney Keeper series, or you know whatever it is. Um, yeah, what is that called? It is Keeper, no Kingdoms. Disney Kingdom series, right? And it's the third one. You had the Seekers of the Weird Figment, and that is the third series. Um, and it's really cool because it's it's centering on a girl, right? That's coming out to the west, to the the West in the eighteen seventies to help her dad or to live with her dad at the mine of Big Thunder Mine. Um, but it's very uh, feminist in that it is just showing that women Strong are just as capable as women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I, and we might as well just talk about that. Um, and then we'll get into Vader three, but I'm, I'm really glad you turned me on to the big thunder series. I, I went down to my shop that day. You told me, and I just, I just grabbed it and I didn't know what I would think of it, but you know, I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun with comics right now. And it was a fun read, man. I, I really dug it. Um, you know, no pun intended because there's a mine involved, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a really big Disney fan like you, not as, as you know, random details oriented, but I, I really love Disney. I, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is my favorite ride in the park. Um, it was really cool to kind of see like a, a, a deeper story with a ride that I've ridden a hundred times. So, Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. And having a female lead is neat. Um, and it's definitely exactly what you're saying. Very similar with Leia. Um, and Leia, uh, number one, I haven't read two yet, but, um, and yeah, it's a little more obvious in, in the Leia series, but in the big thunder series, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, and you know, and she kind of walks in and, and kind of does her thing and, and, and it's just make, very matter of her fact. Way. It's not, yeah. yeah, it's not feminist for the point of being feminist. It's just, it's the way it is, which exactly. is the way it should be. Right. And Which so it's, I'm, I'm really glad Disney's doing this and taking this approach. And I know all of the, um, I guess, fangirls out there are going to dig it, too. So I'm I'm hoping, you know, if you if you have no idea what we're talking about, Big Thunder, number one, Disney Kingdoms uh, series. It's it's pretty cool. It's cool. If you're in Disney, I think you'll like it. It's a fun read. Yeah, I'm really hoping with this series they decide to do a Haunted Mansion one. So Disney, oh. do a Haunted Mansion one. Oh, could you? How yes. awesome would that be? Oh, that'd be amazing. Okay, now really quick on on uh, the comics, I, w- I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Carolyn, who we're trying to pull in as a correspondent slash guest blogger for our website. So if you want to have a, a, a geek girl point of view, please uh, tweet us and email us and say get Carolyn in here. But she just went to uh, Emerald City Comic Con this weekend, and uh, she thankfully waited in a long line for me, and she got me some variants of the. Uh, Princess Leia one, sweet uh, cover that was only available at uh, at Emerald City Comic Con, yes. and uh, it was two. Uh, they were very similar covers. Just one was colored and one was black and white sketch, and they're both very rare. So I'm excited I got both. So they're on my way to me. Woo! Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah, I would. I you know I might have to change change the site a little bit because I I do say we're a bunch of guys, but no, it's cool because we could say guys. She's a guy, right? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yes, it would be cool to have her, uh, you know, if she wants to write, and it'd be awesome to have her write something about that Comic-Con. I have no idea what that con's even about. So it'd be cool. And she, she is all over the, the cons of, of the Seattle area. She goes to Emerald City Comic-Con, mm-hmm. Geek Girl Con, Steam Con, you know, you know, everything that's up there she goes to. And she's always been big into the, the geek and video game culture as well. So cool. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so let's talk about Vader 3 really quickly. Um, I wanted to bring this up, um, although Will hasn't read this one. uh, I'm hoping Vader 4 is better, I guess is the best way I can say it. I really dug the first two. We've talked about the first two. The first two were great. And, uh, you know, I was was already saying that I liked the artwork much better in Vader Mm -hmm. than in Star Wars. And uh, so I'm looking, I just got the third one, so I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, tonight or tomorrow, but uh, yeah, tell me tell me a little bit about it. Well, don't get me wrong; it's not bad, the, the, and it does bring in a female um, a female character, a very interesting character. Um, her name is Doctor Afra. Um, she's an archaeologist. Uh, it's 
it's a really interesting dynamic though. She's trying to pull off some job in the beginning and then, you know, Vader shows up and then she's just kind of willing to hang with him. It's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I'm really interested to see what you think. Um, does she, uh, does she show any force sensitivity? No. And actually Vader does something kind of weird too. He just kind of hacks this protocol droid and we don't really know how he does it. Um, I thought it was kind of weird and I thought it was just me. And then I went over, I saw that coffee with Kenobi, uh, who we've mentioned on the show before, another great podcast. Um, Alex Ward on his site, on their site reviewed it. And they said the same thing. It's just like Vader all of a sudden, we don't know how, but is able to hack into this protocol droid. And we don't really know how it's kind of weird. Um, uh, I can answer that question for you right now. Can you? Yes. Hello, he built C-3PO. He can well, handle uh, yeah, droids. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah, but it's almost like he just looks at it and it decides to turn on for him. Like It's like it's not like he's okay, waving well, his it, hands around or even touching it. It's weird. No, right? I understand, but if you, if you have the know-how of how to deal with a droid or how to build, especially a protocol droid, which he did build, mm. and you have the now very fine-tuned force sensibility to be able to do stuff just by looking at people then, yeah, he's going to be able to do that and be able to access the circuitry and make it do what he wants. All right, I'm with you. Uh, you, you once you read it, let me know what you think. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm with you, and I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, it looks like C-3PO. He's got a familiarity with it, and he makes it happen, and it's cool, you know? Um, and it turns out, I'm very interested to see where they go forward with the girl, though, um, and and what kind of factor she plays with him because there's obviously something he needs her for but she's very willing to kind of side with him so i don't know if she's got something else going on or what but i don't want to spoil much i'm curious to see what what people think so you know let me know what you think man and we'll talk about a little bit more next week once people get their hands on it but um but that blog on coffee with kenobi is pretty good um or the the review uh it's uh it's it's an interesting read there's just really not much going on in the book like almost nothing happens (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I'll definitely take a look at that. And yeah. to to kind of wrap up, uh, you know, some comic book stuff here is uh, for next week, we're both going to be reading Orphan Black. Yes. Which I finally finished that. season two this week. I binge watched the last half of the second season. Yes. Phenomenal. Oh, so good. That show is so disgustingly good. good. It's so good. Okay, good. Yes. And uh, so I'm caught up on that. And the next season starts off in, uh, I think, four more weeks. So that's cool. cool. And then I, I've also gained uh, the ability to to get the Walking Dead comic. So I'm going to start reading from issue one on oh, Walking wow. Dead. And we're going to get a little bit of Walking Dead news in the pop culture section. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, it's really cool. These new Disney and Star Wars comics have really started getting me to get back into comics. And so I'm looking at reading the much more adult comics. Because when I was younger, I was reading Goofy and stuff like that. And don't get me sure. wrong, I love the Goofy adventures. It was a limited run of like 10 or 12 comics that I had in the 90s, which I'm still trying to get all of them. But, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to start reading Walking Dead and I'm going to try to get the, the old, uh, you know, Alan Moore trade paperbacks of like From Hell and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and, and cool. stuff like that. So nice. I'm very much getting back into the visual medium of comics. Nice. Comics are fun for me these days. I, I like having a local comic shop. And I'm with you. I'm gonna. I'm doing the Orphan Black. I'm gonna do Star Wars. I'm gonna do Leia. I'm gonna do Vader. Kanan. Um, it's coming out soon. Kanan. Uh, that's in next week. So, so is it next week? That's Wednesday. It's the first, I think. Sweet. So I'm very excited about that. So we'll be talking Kanan maybe next week too. So, all right, let's move away from comics. Um, and just briefly, uh, speaking of one of my, <laughs> I've been talking about a lot of other podcasts this week, but 
I, I've, I've kind of caught up on some of my favorites. So the Cantina cast, they used to be, if, if you're still listening to this in your SWOTOR, old-timey SWOTOR community member, you'll remember the Cantina cast podcast. They actually started out as a SWOTOR podcast, took a hiatus, came back, and now they're just a Star Wars podcast. Um, it's a great cast. Um, one of their bloggers, Becca, um, she posted a review, not a review, she posted something on their site Actually, no, it was on Twitter, sorry. Posted something on Twitter about Lords of the Sith, which is coming April 28th, and that is the uh, novel written by Paul S. Kemp. And she's obviously read it to review it ahead of time, and she says that is the novel. Um, As I said, I'm reading um, Heir to the Jedi right now. It's okay so far, but um, it's not getting the best reviews. But from from what I've heard, Lords of the Sith is where it's at. And if you don't know who Paul S. Kemp is, he's written a ton of stuff. He wrote Deceived. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for a bunch of Forgotten Realms novels and Star Wars EU novels. Um, he's a great author. I like his stuff a lot. So I'll put the link in the show notes to Becca's little tweet. And if you're excited about Lords of the Sith, it is coming out on April 28th. And I, I literally can't wait for that. I'm a dark side guy myself. So uh, reading about Luke is great, but I cannot wait to read Lords of the Sith. What do you think, dude? What's the, what's the time frame on it? Uh, Where did you take what? place? I would have to look. I don't remember exactly. I, I know on the cover... It is Vader, and uh, it says, yeah, so when the Emperor and his notorious apprentice Darth Vader find themselves stranded in the middle of an insurgent action and inhospitable plant, they must rely on each other, the Force, and their own ruthlessness to prevail. That's right. It is uh, basically, it's uh, Vader and the Emperor. (laughs) That's cool. You know, it almost, I mean, not storyline sequel, but almost a companion piece to Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Which was also really good. Where it's, I really you know, enjoyed where that. Where it's Sidious and Vader instead of Va- Plagueis and Sidious. So. Right. Cool. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I just wanted to mention that as something I'm excited about as far as Star Wars stuff goes. So a lot of book talk this week, but it's all mm-hmm. good. Um, and then one other mention, since while I'm talking about other podcasts I've been listening to, I like the idea of kind of mentioning other podcasts. I have mentioned uh, you know, Coffee with Kenobi before. Um, and they're number 34. They talk about fostering community in Star Wars. And um, if you don't listen to Coffee with Kenobi, I don't know what's wrong with you, but it's the, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's a great, great podcast. They actually had another good podcast, Skywalking Through Neverland, on this week, and they were talking about fostering community in Star Wars. Basically, you know, how do we keep the community going, keep it going positively, um, and that kind of thing. And it, it's just, it's definitely worth a listen to. So um, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. So um, I don't know if you still listen to, if you listen to these podcasts at all, but, you know, give it a shot. At least this one's pretty good. So Yeah, I do. I, you know, I used to listen to them, but again, you know, I can't, I'm not a an, an oral, oral A-U-R-A-L, not O-R-A-L, gotcha. uh, multitasker, right? So, like, if I'm studying, it's really hard for me to listen to podcasts or audio books or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, because I just, like, my mind likes to envelop itself in the story or in the discussion. So it's really hard for me to do that multitasking. So really the only time I get to do it is when I'm, you know, just working on something basic or when I'm out walking. So... I don't get to listen to as many podcasts as I would like to, but Skywalking Through Neverland was always fun, so I liked them. Yeah, and, and the one of the things they kind of talked about, is, of course, is is helping each other out. And I really, I love that we do a Star Wars podcast. I love that we do. 
we kind of wouldn't have as many listeners as we do if like, you know, people didn't retweet and share and, and, and talk about the shows, um, about each other's shows. So I, exactly. I which is why I like talking about what other people are doing because they're doing amazing things. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? And if I'm enjoying it, you know, I might as well tell it to you guys so you can enjoy it too. So, um, so definitely check them out and we will move out of star Wars, I think, huh? Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're almost an hour in, and uh, we still have a big big pop culture section to hit. But luckily, yeah, go ahead. Wrap up Star Wars. Yeah, I think this will, I think this will go. It'll, it'll go. Um, we are about an hour in, but you know what? It, it's going to be worth it. The pop culture section is going to be great. So uh, let's just – I'll just hand it over to you, man. Pop culture, geek and pop culture. Let's do it. Let's go. What the hell is going on? It's Cheryl. She's in the cockpit. I think she's trying to kill us all. Oh, good. Oof. <laughs> For a second there, I thought I drank too much. All right. Uh, well, you know, welcome to the pop culture section. We've got a number of things to talk about, but luckily a lot of them are pretty small. So I'm going to let you actually, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to do a quick shout out to, to Redna who, uh, you know, is in the community because if you listen to last week's episode, I mentioned that I play Marvel Puzzle Quest on my uh, my portable units and he has joined my uh, my alliance. So thank you, cool. Redna, and anybody else who wants to join and plays uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest, just look for the Alliance Griggs Boys, G-R-I-G-G-S-B-O-Y-S, and join us and uh, let's have some fun because uh, it's really cool. They just actually really cool. They're releasing a new uh, character in that game this week of... Uh, uh, Kamala Khan, the first uh, Muslim female superhero, cool. and she is a variant of Captain Marvel. So um, nice. it's a very cool character, and uh, I'm trying to win her, uh, the ability to play her. So you know, let's have some fun with it. It's a it's a good time. Cool. I'll, um, I think I'll jump in there, especially you know, uh, I like Red. He's got good taste. You have yep. good taste. It's got to be worth it, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's you know it's your basic match matching game, but it really delves into story. And actually, if you read Marvel comics at all, it kind of you know lends itself to the darker rain story of I think it was two thousand nine in the comics. So cool. Um, yeah, so if you're already into Marvel, let you know go ahead and play. It's a lot of fun. Um, I am going to pitch it back to you for two of your news things really quick. Why don't you talk about RPO and pixels? Oh, I'm very excited. Okay, so. Uh, let's talk about RPO, which we have brought up several times. And, uh, if you don't know what that stands for, that is called, that stands for ready player one. It is the first novel of, uh, by Ernest Klein, his first novel, I should say. And it's a phenomenal book. As I've said on a previous podcast it, it, to this year was the first year I actually taught it as a novel for my senior English class. It went over very, very, very well. Uh, the kids love it. Uh, chock full of, you know, eighties, pop culture references in nineties and everything else in between. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So one of the things that uh, my kids always ask is uh, when I, when I'm teaching a novel, is there a movie? And it turns out, yes, there is. And they've had a movie in production for, or in the works for a while. But the, the bottom line is you go to the IMDB page and there's really nothing there. Um, it just says, yes, we're maybe thinking about maybe kind of working on this. Um, it seems to be going forward. There's no casting news yet, but the big news this week, as of March 25th, is that Steven Spielberg has signed on to direct it. That is phenomenal news. So, um, yes. and I, and I will say that actually, uh, since we talked about it last week, I started reading it this week. I'm not too far in only like 20, 30 pages, but it is, it grasped me from the first page because 
the in the first page it quotes one of my favorite holiday movies of all time, which is the nineteen you know eighties uh, Bill Murray movie Scrooged, and I'm like phenomenal you know and it just it drops a quote in there and i'm like all right this is what kind of book it's gonna be so i'm excited to keep on uh keeping on with it so and it's definitely that kind of book man and and not to shamelessly plug ourselves but if if you just want to get the audio book it's read by will whedon um you know uh audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast check it out um it is i've listened to it at least three or four times uh it's such a good audiobook and it's such a good book. I mean, you can listen to it in a day and a half and you wouldn't even know that much time happened. <laughs> yeah, I might get the audio the audiobook just cuz you know it's Will Wheaton and he's yeah. phenomenal, so. Yeah, it's really good. So anyway, check that out. Um we'll have more stuff hopefully about this movie soon. Um now they have a director. I'm hoping they start, you know, we get some cast. I'm very curious once you once you read more of it. I'm curious to think um uh, to see who you think should play Wade, the main character, but um, it's a young cast. It'll be a young cast. So I'm very, you know, with the popularity of movies with young actors in it, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, who they cast in this movie. And, um, I secretly still hate Ernest Klein. I'll actually, I've been <laughs> thinking about writing him and telling him how much I hate him as an aspiring writer myself. Um, my first novel, if it was this popular and, and got turned into a movie and was directed by Steven Spielberg, I guess he's doing all right, but I mean, look, I, I love the book. I hate Ernest Klein. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. I'm just going to say that. All right. I'm just kidding. I, I really like you. I'm jealous. It's just jealousy. All right. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, pixels. <laughs> now, look, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this out there real quick. Last year at Comic-Con, uh, next to, you know how the sci-fi uh, restaurant, uh, yeah. they had a booth like a room, there's a room there where they like highlight something. Right. And then there's the hotel with the elevator right next to it. I don't remember what it is, but anyway, you mean the one where we crashed the workaholics party that year? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So there was that one. So they had a pixels thing going on and they were handing out the glasses, you know, the pixelated sunglasses and that kind of thing. And I was like, what the heck is this movie? I never stood in the line. It seemed crazy. And now, um, you know, there's a trailer and if you haven't seen the pixels movie trailer, I don't know. It's I don't know what to think. I guess I mean Adam Sandler's in it. Um, the and guy Kevin James, yeah, and the guy who plays uh, the imp in Game of Thrones is in it. I mean, I think I I don't know what to think. I I think it's gonna be secretly amazingly bad. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. It's not going to be Shakespeare, but <laughs> just looking at it, it's huge versions of old eight bit. Right. characters and the premise so, is ridiculous can i can oh absolutely so i guess what happened was we sent a time capsule into space some aliens found it and then we had a bunch of video games on it they thought we were declaring war so they sent those ver- 3d giant versions of those video games back to kill us and only yeah. this only adam sandler a great video game 80s video game player can defeat them come on bro yeah it's it's almost <laughs> like a cross between Jodie Foster's Contact and King of Kong, the documentary <laughs> about the people fighting over the championship right. for King for Donkey Kong. And so also, it, if you've ever watched Futurama, like I've seen every episode many times, there's a Futurama episode that does this exact thing. But basically, what happens is, is in that episode, there are the aliens come back and they just they just want to wash their clothes. 
It's very interesting. It's really, but you know, they just want quarters, you know. But it's like, you know, Fry has to play a living version of Space Invaders and that kind of thing. It's, I don't know. I feel like they stole it from Futurama, but I'm, I'm gonna see the movie. I mean, I'm yeah. in. I mean, come on. It, it looks funny. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely about reading, seeing that. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go through a bunch of quick little news things here. Um, I, if you are a pop culture person, you know, like I am at all, then you heard the news that the Broken Lizard troupe is getting back together, and they did a Indiegogo campaign to um, to raise money to do a Super Troopers 2. So oh I'm all excited about that. The, <laughs> the minimum they wanted to do was to try to raise $2 million uh, to do a bare-bones uh, uh, shoot. And as of today... Uh, five days into their 31-day funding, they have already raised over $3 million. So, so they're good. Yeah, so they're going to get it made, but the more money they get, <laughs> the better the movie's going to be. Cool. And uh, so it, it looks really funny. I'm excited about it. I love the Broken Lizard gang. Um, I haven't seen them do anything bad. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm not going to give my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't like it, and I'm... I. It's not that. I just couldn't ever got through it. I just... It was a time in my life where... I don't want to go into it. I'm just saying, I haven't watched the whole movie, and I didn't, I didn't really like it. Rewatch it. Anyways, um, Disney has come out, and you know, they're on a you know kick right now of doing live-action remakes of their animated classics. I mean, Cinderella was just released to... Yeah. You know, big box office numbers. They've done Alice in Wonderland. They've done, you know, Sleeping Beauty is Maleficent. Whatnot. The next one on the docket is Beauty and the Beast, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite animated classics. But they announced the casting for this week. So we'll just do a quick rundown. It looks like uh, they've signed Emma, uh, Emma Watson of Harry mm-hmm. Potter to do to play Belle. And I will pretty much watch anything she's in because I yeah, love that's her. That's a good choice, actually. Um, it's going to be Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, uh, who's going to be playing the Beast. Um, we're going to have uh, Emma Thompson, oh, Oscar yeah. award winning. Uh, you know, she just played uh, um, in Saving Mr. Banks. She was in Harry Potter as well. She is taking on the role of uh, Mrs. Potts. Cool. Um, Luke Evans, who played the the villain in Fast and Furious Six, and uh, he was in Dracula Untold and The Hobbit. Uh, he is going to be a uh, guest on Kevin Klein, who is phenomenal, is going to be Maurice, uh, who is Bell's father. Right. And uh, then Josh Gad, who's famous for doing uh, um, the snowman in in Frozen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering why that sounded familiar. He's playing LeFou. And he's also famous because he was in Book of Mormon on right. Broadway, I believe. And, you know, he's actually he's also in. I think he's in Pixels, but I'm not sure. Oh. Um, but he's playing LeFou and uh, Audrey McDonald, who's a Broadway star actress. She she was in Sound of Music on uh, the live version that NBC did, but she's won six Tonys, and she's playing uh, uh, the wardrobe. So that's cool. So, you know, it's really cool. They're getting very talented people. And Bill Condon is, is uh, directing it, and he did, uh, you know, Chicago. So, you know... Really talented people, so I'm actually excited about this one. I have a question. Yes, um, you're 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 a Disney guy. I'm a Disney guy. I love the old movies. The kids love the old movies, right? You know, my girls went to see you know Cinderella. They said it was good. Obviously, it's done well in the box office. They're going to keep doing this. I have no doubt. Obviously, you just read off you know great cast for Beauty and the Beast. How do you feel about them redoing all of these movies, like all these old movies? 
into live action. I mean, I'm just curious because like I hadn't after I saw the trailer, honestly, Cinderella, like I'll watch it. I'm not going to go to the movies to see it. Well, we're not their target audience either. Obviously. So you have to remember that they, they have an ever changing target audience because you're always going to have, um, little girls Mm -hmm. and that's who their target is. Right. And their parents who take them to theaters. So it's, you know, they're not going after us. And the princess thing's a huge thing. I mean, I get, I get it. I just, I don't know. This one's more intriguing to me than Cinderella was. Well, I mean, I like maybe I like the Beauty and the Beast story a little bit better. I don't know. I was just curious to get your your opinion. Yeah, and and you know, the thing I like it is if they especially start doing it much more more historically and ethnically accurate. I'm guessing would be like say for example they were well, to like do, within the time frame. Yeah, so say for example they're going to do time period, I should say. Brave, right? Which would be cool. Yeah. I would love to see a live action version of Brave, right? That would be cool. I would and if they that. do a live action version of Brave, obviously it's going to be like a cross between Outlander and Game of Thrones. Yep. Have you watched awesome. Outlander? I have not, but I heard it's good. I, have, I haven't either. I heard it's good. I might try to watch that. But I'm like, it's that's like really popular right now. That mm-hmm. genre is really popular right now. And you know they were you know I love they Game did Game of Thrones. It's amazing. Exactly. And they did. Uh, excuse me. They did. Um, Ella Enchanted. So, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they already know how to do live action movies, but I, they either have to do it a fish out of water like Ella Enchanted, or I would, I mean, this is, a, of course, me as a historian, but I would like to see it much more historically, period, accurate, accurate mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, placing Snow White back in the time frame that she's actually supposed to be in, and, you know, doing Brave actually in Scotland Highlands. And, so, you know, I, so I think. So do you think that they're, do you know if they're doing that with Beauty and the Beast? Like, I don't remember, I don't know of any idea what time frame that's in, but. I honestly don't know. I believe it takes place in the 1700s France, mm-hmm. but right. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I, I think that would be awesome if they did. I like that idea better. And, and, you know, it makes it less of a live action version of something I've already seen into. A reenact, a reimagining. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. All right, cool. Uh, random question. So go ahead. Yeah, so okay, so that's it for for beating the beast. Um, there was an announcement for Walking Dead fans out there. So I told you earlier that I've, I'm going to start reading the Walking Dead uh, comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, they're doing a spinoff that's taking place in the same universe. It's not going to have the same characters at all, but it's basically another group that survived in a different part of the of the the country. And so this one is going to be taking place in L.A. and it's called Fear the Walking Dead. And what I like about it is actually, I guess the series is going to start before the outbreak happened. And so, whereas this, whereas Walking Dead started with Rick waking up in the hospital after the event happened, this is going to start following the characters before that it happens. We're going to actually going to see what Z Day and stuff was like. So I'm excited for huh. that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a Walking Dead fan, man. I couldn't. I could never get the wife to watch it. I'm not the biggest zombie fan either. She mm-hmm. won't watch it. So I just. Never got on board, honestly. I, I go through waves. Um, there'll be a time where I'll binge watch, you know, 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go a year and a half without watching it. So right, right now I'm actually near the end of season two. And I okay. just, I'm kind of stuck at that point. Uh, I just need to pick a weekend or something where I'm going to finish season two and just totally. keep going. Um, so interesting there. Um, Possible casting news uh, for those of us that are Doctor Who fans and also Harry Potter fans. I am. 
Yeah, you're a fan of both. So what would you think of... Well, I'm more of a fan of Doctor Who, but... Of Matt Smith, Doctor the 11th Doctor, playing the lead in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, I don't know what that means, but if Matt Smith's in it, I'm in. <laughs> well, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is the Harry Potter spinoff that uh, J.K. Rowling is actually writing the screenplay for. Oh, right. Oh, and God. it is that's the, the... That's perfect. Yeah, and it's going to be a trilogy, <laughs> but the cool thing is is it's based around a textbook that they had to read in the in the series, right? And it was written by a, name, a guy named Newt Scamander, um, who was writing, he was a, a, a magizoologist. <laughs> the cool thing is, is the movie is going to take place in 1920s New York. Really? So it's going to be a really cool setting and everything, and uh, the cool thing is, is Newt Scamander's, I think, great-grandson is eventually who... Luna Lovegood ends up marrying. Huh. So it's going to tie in and everything, and I think Matt Smith is going to be the brilliant person to, to play that. Yeah, that's that's the wife's favorite doctor was Matt Smith. He's probably my second-ish. I'm all about ish. David Tennant. David yeah, Tennant's Tenet, awesome. Tenet, Tenet was my boy. But uh, I I like this idea. I, I think I bought Kate some... I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I bought her something for Christmas, and it was... I think that was what the it was like a three book set of of like Harry Potter things. Yeah, it would have been um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Quidditch Through the Ages, and Tales of yeah. Bill the Bard. Yeah, look at you. Yes, yeah. I bought her that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Potterhead. So, um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that because it's always nice to see um, you know Doctor Who alum go on to do other stuff. I mean, like we've already seen uh, Karen Gillian go on to do you know, oh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next thing is, uh, you know, we we we've already heard that they're cast. They've casted Jesse Eisenberg to play Lex Luthor in the Batman versus Superman movie, Sweet. and they uh, have released the first publicity still. So, open mm. up that link and tell me what you think, there, buddy. I haven't opened it up yet. This is like Christmas. <laughs> oh, it looks badass. You know, it's interesting. You kind of you. You you look at Eisenberg, you're like, how's he going to pull off Lex Luthor? But then you kind of think, he played kind of a dickishness in Social Network. Yeah. He's not always the bumbling sort of guy that Michael Sarah is. And so... I kind of always imagined Lex Luthor as a little heavier set. You know, like he looks kind of thin. Yeah. But he looks... <laughs> I, think he looks I think it's going to be He tight. looks malevolent, yeah. So yeah, that's going to be I think good. that's cool. Um, cool. There's a link. There's a link in the show notes to the publicity still. So, yeah, uh, for cool. those of you who are interested, go and check that out. Um, also, this week, um, you know, this is actually going to kind of tie in with with your uh, your loot crate later. But the sure uh, the new teaser trailer for Bond came out. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Bond fan. Um, I've read some of the books. I've watched all the movies. Um, and for those of you who are more than just Daniel Craig Bond fans, you're just actual 007 fans. Um, this one is going back to the heyday. This is Spectre is coming back in. And Spectre has always been the long-running organizational nemesis to MI6 and, and Bond. Um, cool. You know, Blofeld was the, the head of it. And, you know, they funded Dr. No in the original series and, and whatnot. So this is actually called Spectre. And it looks like it's going to have something to do with Bond's past and... And everything, and uh, Christoph Waltz is in it. It's it's just the the teaser looked really good. It did. I, I watched it a few times. I really I really like Bond too, man. I my sadly my fondest memories of Bond 
are from uh, high school when we used to play 007 on N64. Uh, play Goldeneye? Yeah. Oh, I so many hours of shooting people. In, I in, will say that, that uh, I can't remember the name of that engine that ran, yeah. that ran that, but that was the only first-person shooter engine I ever enjoyed. Yeah. So, like, so I good. played Goldeneye, and I played Perfect Dark. Oh, which both, both of ran- those. The same engine. Is, I, I wish I could remember. It's phenomenal. I, I mean, honestly, I watch all the movies. Uh, for some reason, I miss Skyfall. I think it came out when my second daughter was born. Skyfall is great. Yeah, and so that's the only one I haven't, uh, especially of the Daniel Craig ones. I haven't, I haven't watched that one yet, but I, I will, especially before before Spectre comes out. I'm excited about this. I love Bond. It's always a fun ride, so I'm in. So yeah, and Spectre's coming out this November. I think it's November sixth, and oh, so it's time. just. Dude, 2015 is like the year of franchises. Yeah. I mean, we're getting Star Wars. We're getting, you know, uh, um, Bond. We're getting another Mission Impossible. We're getting Avengers. another Jurassic Park, another Avengers, uh, a couple more Marvels on top of that. We're getting, you know, we're just getting so much great stuff. Another Fast and Furious, which I have no problem saying I like. So no, I'm, I'm in too. Uh, so there's that. Um, my last little bit of uh, pop culture news is it, we talked about it a couple weeks ago about it being a possibility, and it is now official that the X-Files are coming back. Ooh. Everyone's Ooh. signed on, and it looks like it's going to be, I think they said, a six-episode arc that's going to show actually on Fox. So they're not oh, like sticking awesome. to FX. They're not going to stick it to Netflix or anything. Yeah, keep it's, it where it was. Exactly. So very, like very exciting to see Mulder and Scully come back. Um, hopefully they get Mark Snow to come back to do the music. Yeah. Chris Carter's going to write it, of course. Um, I cannot and, wait for this, man. I love the X-Files. Now, I'm kind of curious of what they're going to do. I think they can go three routes on this. Because basically with X-Files, you had two different episodes, two different types of episodes. You had their uh, the conspiracy episodes that all joined into the main story. Or they had their monster episodes, which were standalone, Right. right? So this could easily be just six standalone monster episodes that don't link to anything, or they could do what they did in the series was really basically go back and forth. So, you know, one monster episode, one conspiracy episode, back and forth, right? Or they could just choose to do a six episode arc of a conspiracy linked story and see where we go. So I kind of like that idea of it, but you know, the back and forth would be good too. I like the idea of, of it all interconnecting. Now that we have these shows, like we've talked about that, um, you know, that just come out in bursts, you know, like with what Netflix is doing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it all, it's all linked or you have something like the flash or arrow where it's all, you know, it's all builds upon itself. Like it'd be nice to have like one, you know, story arc that's tight, you know, six stories all connected would be nice. I think personally. Yeah. You know, they're, they're getting that, that concept, you know, a lot from British television. Um, mm-hmm. but also it's very much like what they do in, in comic books. You know, like you have a five, five issue run or whatever. And it's just like, you know, here's the main arc story. It's what they used to do with Dr. Who, which was a collection of two to three episodes that were all part of the same story. So, so, but I'm just excited because I was a huge X-Files fan in high school. And, and, uh, so it's just really cool to see Mulder and Scully come back. I'm excited too, man. I love X-Files. So, um, I've got one more thing to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it at the end. So why don't you go ahead and bring up uh, Loot Crate. All right, this will be quick. Um, I have two things that I want to talk about. The first thing is Loot Crate. As I said, I got my first Loot Crate. I'm very excited about this. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it this month, this week, mostly because uh, I want 
Will just got his subscription, as you told me, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about that. Uh, I wanted to kind of talk about it together, but I'm going to kind of briefly go over what's in this month and kind of what it's about, and then we can kind of do it together in the next one. And, I'm, and I'll read what the next one's going to be. They released what the next Loot Crate's going to be. So really quickly, this month was uh, Covert, and so it was all spy-related. And so uh, I'm just going to read this because it's cool. Uh, it says, uh, just a drink, a martini shaken, not stirred. James Bond is a quote. Anyway, it says, if you're reading this message, Agent uh, 1337, your covert status has been compromised and we cannot send backup. However, we are able to get this loot crate to you before our contact line went dark. In close, you will find all the tools necessary to get back to HQ with not only your life, but with valuable intel intact as well. The odds are against you, but with the correct tools and your sharpest wit, you should. We should meet again this in this near future. Good luck and geek speed. Thirteen thirty-seven. Thank you, Team Loot Crate. So it's like this little magazine that comes with it, which is pretty sweet. Um, and it kind of talks about it has fan pictures. You can actually put pictures on Instagram and get yours in the next issue. They have three articles in here that are kind of covert based. One about James Bond. One about Austin Powers and one about Solid Snake. If you're a gamer, um, you know who Solid Snake is. And then what I thought was cool is I'll just kind of talk about what came in it. Uh, there's always a T-shirt, I think. This one has like a sad Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an exclusive. Uh, this is stirred T-shirt. And it's like Bond with a martini in his hand. And he looks super sad. And underneath it says, this is stirred. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which I think is hilarious. Um, and then there was, then there's a, a watch. It literally came with a watch, like a spy watch and it's all black. But when you touch the face, it like the red numbers come up. That's so I cool. think that's kind of cool. There was a, um, a Mad Libs, a spy Mad Libs and an agents of shield. This is probably the coolest thing in here. I think, um, it's an exclusive replica agents of shield lanyard show that you're part of the, one of the most secret agencies around and that you only take orders from agent Colson. Wear this or hang it with pride. Give a covert personal nod to your love for the Marvel universe. So it's actually pretty cool. It's like they give you a lanyard and the little card and in an agents of sealed with shield with a certificate of authenticity on authentic, authentic. What is the word? Certificate of authenticity. What? Authenticity. Yes. A certificate of authenticity. Yes. I said it. I hate all of you. All right. So anyway, (laughs) um, and then uh, there's a couple other things in here. Um, a, an exclusive paracord survival bracelet. So you ever see those bracelets that are like woven those things, right? Um, this is actually kind of cool. It says one of the most exciting things about these paracord bracelets, how versatile they are. This military grade parachute cord can be unwrapped in an emergency and used for a multitude of things that can possibly save your life or get you out of a crazy situation. Just what everyone needs spy and civil civilian alike. Your paracord bracelet is a loot crate exclusive and even has a loot crate logo. So I think that was kind of cool. And the last couple things, one was like, you know, little notebooks, field notes, uh, which kind of looks cool. Like, you know, if I was a spy, I don't know why I would label it field notes, but it looks cool. Um, and then the last thing, which is a Lou Create exclusive, was an Orphan Black comic variant cover. Nice. Issue issue number one. So that was a pretty sweet kind of, I mean, not, not necessarily a surprise, but like, I mean, like I said, I went to my local shop. And got a variant cover of uh, issue one. I haven't got it yet, so I'm 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 ahead of the game. I'm gonna read this one, and I got my exclusive, so that was pretty sweet. So very cool. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh you know when when I saw what came in the box, I was a little disappointed there was nothing Archer. Yeah, but... I I was kind of hoping for some Archer too, but 
I was uh, hoping for maybe a little little piggly, uh, <laughs> little little piggly stuffed animal or something. But oh, that'd be cool. But I'm excited about uh, next month. So why don't you tell people what the description for next month is? Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited about next month. Mostly, as I said earlier in the show, I'm a big fantasy fan. So this month, next month is fantasy. So basically, the blurb is: Do you like swords and sorcery and the occasional mythical beast? Well, you're in luck. This month, Loot Crate is all about fantasy. We're giving you epic collectible and wearable items from some of your favorite fantasy franchises, including Game of Thrones, Dungeons & Dragons, and The Princess Bride. So grab a good sword and the most impractical armor you can find, because <laughs> you've got a quest to complete and a kingdom to save. Thanks for joining us for another mythical, mystical month. I'm hoping so, for something Zelda. Yeah, I mean... I like the D and D and the game of. Th- I'm really into Game of Thrones right now. I've, I'm going to start book four pretty soon. Um, the wife and I are up on the series. I've I've always I've always loved and played D and I love Forgotten Realms. I just cannot wait for this loot crate. I'm so excited. So I, something I put in the show notes that I think is cool is that um, I have a link that I can ha- that will save you a couple bucks um, if you put in the code news three. And if you use my link, um, it'll give me a little bump so that I can get stuff too so you know that's what i did so i got i got three dollars off and marshall gets a five dollar credit so boom help me help you it's all good so uh but that link will be in the show notes use my link save a couple bucks and join loot crate and let us know what you think all right last thing before will gets to his last thing is um since we've been mentioning community one of the things we talk about in this show a lot is uh san diego comic-con so uh tony kim who i've mentioned on episode seven he uh, wrote a blog post on his website after, you know, we mentioned last week the hotels were going up. Um, people were going to be able to start booking their hotels for Comic-Con, and it did not go well. Oh, my God. So he did a recap of ho- what he calls hotel Hotelocalypse uh, 2015, uh, a recap of hotel Hotelocalypse 2015 on his site, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And then um, basically he recapped it. Once again, he didn't get a hotel, so I'm not sure what he's going to do quite yet. I'm sure he's got it covered. He's been going enough times, uh, as many years he's been doing it. But it's 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 really interesting um, that you know he went to the page and it glitched out, you know, and and it happened to so many other people. And it's just it's one thing like one it's one thing to get the badges, it's another thing to get the badges and not have a place to stay or a mm-hmm. plan for accommodations. So as we talked about last week. You know, we have plans, and I'll talk about that again in a minute. But he wrote another blog post, which I thought was really interesting, which was uh, Homeless at Comic-Con. And, and, I, and I'm bringing this up because uh, he had, you know, a nice little list of things. You know, the first one is pray, sacrifice, chant, I don't know, whatever you need to do, which I thought was cool. Um, you know, reach out to Twitter, see who else is going, uh, see if you can crash on someone's floor, that kind of thing. Um, there's some forums he, he links to. Um, and of course there's another sale, uh, uh, April 8th, which happens to be my birthday. You, you know, there's B and B's, there's other stuff. So he kind of gives you some ideas and then of course camping and by camping, he doesn't mean like get a tent and go to a campground. <laughs> he basically means bring all your stuff with you in a bag and camp in the hall H line. Hey, if you, if you want to get in to see, uh, something in all H might as well. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're, if you know, if you don't have a bad back and, and you have, you can handle it. Why not? You know, it's, and you know, I'm not endorsing this idea, but you know, if you want to sell your time as a placeholder overnight, <laughs> we do not endorse that here at uh, the usual podcast. Somebody uh, can come in and you know <laughs> pay your. You know, I'm just saying it's something to consider. 
<laughs> oh, that's pretty funny, man. All right. So the what I thought was interesting about this and why I bring this up is in the comments. Um, I actually left a comment based on this first comment. Uh, this person, Chris Sierra, basically said, you left out an option. Bring your own hotel with you. We've driven and borrowed, rented, stolen RV to Comic-Con a couple times now, and it works amazingly well, and it's pretty dang cheap, too. There's an RV park in Mission Valley right by a rail station, so get uh, so getting to the convention center and back is pretty easy. I do recommend it as a serious, serious option if you're coming from anywhere west of the Mississippi, and I recommend it if you have an RV, do it. I mean... And, you know, he responded to it, and then I wrote on there basically that that's something we've done before and that we're going to do again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there are even cheaper ways to go about this. So all is not lost if you're a Comic-Con goer. That's really the only point of me bringing this up. Uh, there are a lot of ways to go about this, guys. So Yeah, I, I, found, I, I own an RV, and I, so that's what we did a few years ago. And, uh, you know, to really – and you don't even need to go to campgrounds. There are ways around it. Um, there are certain companies that are amenable to parking in their lots. Um, Walmart is one of them, but not in the area. But Food for Less is very uh, accommodating. And so what we did is we just looked at the Food for Lesses in the area. We found the closest one in relation to one of the further out bus uh, uh, transport stops. And uh, we found one that was, what, a block and a half away from a, uh, yeah. a Comic-Con shuttle bus. And so I just called up the manager and said, hey, you know, we're going to be down for Comic-Con. And it turns out that they have a lot of people that do this because they have the Super Bowls are in San Diego, yeah. you know, every few years. And when I say so said it's a it's a common thing. So if you're doing yeah. it, if you're afraid of doing it because you're just not sure about it, call and ask because you'll be able to be accommodated. And, and, I th- and I think that's good advice, man. Definitely call and ask. Find out. We're going to do the same. Just double check, I'm sure, this year. But we'll find a spot to be. And I think it's really interesting because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there, it took us, what, five minutes to walk to the bus stop. There was mm-hmm. a Starbucks right there. Exactly. Right coffee, on the way. Yeah. Roll in and roll back. It, yeah. It, and then it, it was like really a 15, minute, 15, 20 minute ride to the, to the convention. The shuttles go 24 hours. So it was, it was phenomenal. And if you're like me and you like to have a few beers while you're down there, you don't have to worry about driving. It all works out. So. Exactly. <laughs> and we brought our own shower. We brought our own kitchen. Yep. It was it was great. So, yep. yeah. So it, it's definitely a good way to do it. All right. So that's all I have, sir. We're running long this week, man. It's a good one. We are. So, But the last most important thing that could be this week is, you know, one of the reasons we like doing this is because we're trying to get much more involved in the community. Right, we both come from different backgrounds. I mean, Marshall's a teacher. I'm a historian. I've done retail for most of my life. Marshall's done food service, just like I have. But we both want to get into this concept of new media, of doing podcasting and doing blogging and getting into the community and it just you know taking advantage of these wonderful new tools to share in the fandoms and geek culture that we love so much. And part of us engaging in that is that we want to take advantage of going to conventions and uh, being press and doing live podcasts and interviews and and really sharing our love of this stuff. And so first big step is I actually got approved to be a press person at the Phoenix Comic Con at the end of May. Yay! So I'm going to be heading down to Phoenix at the end of May. If anybody's down there, I'd love to meet up. Um, but again, I am a student on a struggling, uh, struggling student on a, on a fixed income. Marshall's what idea. holding up his hand. So I call it Marshall Carr. We need t-shirts. We do need t-shirts. 
Um, so I I'm excited because yeah, well I've, I'm excited. I've absolutely I've just ordered uh, new new business cards Ooh. and everything, so they're they look fantastic. So I will be having those. But what I need help from everybody is is I just need a little help uh, with uh, some of the finances. So I created a a um, GoFundMe page. Um, we'll put the link in the the thing. But uh, you know, I'm asking for for five hundred dollars to help out. You know, it of course won't cover everything, but you know, it'll cover you know the plane ticket or whatnot, and I can cover the rest. Or it just to make it a little bit easier for us to be able to get our foot in the door as being broadcasters and podcasters and and people. And I've already gotten confirmation from the the Phoenix Comic Con that I'm I'm set up. I just need to pick up my pass and. And that uh, I, I personally, I specifically requested to be able to interview some people. Um, I'm excited because Allison Hannigan is going to be there from Buffy and How I Met Your Mother. Cool. Um, and uh, also um, Edward James Olmos from Battlestar Galactica is going to be there. Oh, uh, awesome. And uh, this one is going to make Marshall jealous, but Summer Glau is going to be there. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> so uh, so I, I threw my name in the ring to, to get selected for interviews. So hopefully that will happen too. But, uh, you know, we're, we've decided that this is where our our life is going. And, you know, everybody needs a little bit of help when they're getting started. So if you guys feel like you just want to pitch in a dollar, two dollars, whatever, there is stuff that I'm giving away. Um, so just go to the GoFundMe page, which we'll put the link in, uh, into the show notes. And, you know, just help out if you can. It would be phenomenal. And, uh, and you'll get some stuff out of it, too. So that's it. I'm excited right, because... Man. We are now actually going to be doing this. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait for Comic-Con. I can't wait to go to other cons. Uh, this is just what I want to be doing. Uh, you know, I can get the time off work if I need to, but, you know, it's not cheap. So, you know, if, if anybody out there can help, awesome. If not, we'll still try to make it happen and report back to you guys. But the easier it can be, the better. So, thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. So, that's it. Great show, dude. So thanks for tuning into the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So once again, if you have comments or questions or want to read the stuff, the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at the usual podcast.com uh, at the usual. You can email us at the usual podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Pinterest. Uh, I'm uh, at Darth pops on Twitter. Will can be found at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating. Let us know and share us out. That'd be nice. Uh, of course, as we mentioned a couple times, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Check out some audiobooks. We recommend some every week. And, and or donate to Will's GoFundMe or to the site, and I'll find a way to get it to him. So thanks again. Unless you have anything else, sir, I think we're out. Nope, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening and sticking with us for almost two hours. And uh, <laughs> thank you very much. We love doing this every week for you guys. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you all next week.